Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you joining me today for another one of these Friday Injury Update shows. It's a really important episode each week because I'm trying to give you an idea here of how I'm approaching all these injury situations. And sometimes we do get more information on Friday night after we record or maybe something comes out on Saturday. And then we do have to adjust from there. But this at least gets you caught up on all the different injuries that we're tracking and where things kind of stand heading into the weekend. We're also going to have some bad weather to factor in for Sunday. We've got Tropical Storm Ophelia. That's going to hit the East Coast right around Sunday afternoon when the games are happening. So a bunch of games could be impacted. we got Bills Commanders, Colts Ravens. Patriots Jets maybe a couple others and that means some rain that means some high winds potentially and I don't like to overreact to that stuff until like Saturday night or maybe Sunday morning because obviously the weather forecast it can change pretty quickly we know that and it's just something that I wanted to highlight here I'm not really getting too worried about it just yet but I want you to have that in the back of your mind I want you to take that into consideration heading into the weekend and I'll definitely bake that into my rankings early Sunday morning all right let's get to the injury updates and we will start with the quarterbacks the big one here is Joe Burrow will he play on Monday night Or will the Bengals actually hold him out and let him heal that calf injury that he aggravated last week? Well, he didn't participate in the first practice of the week. That was on Thursday, but he was out there in a limited fashion on Friday. And that at least gives him a chance to play in Monday's game. And the Bengals are in such a tough spot because the smart move would be you sit him out, you let him come back in a couple weeks and you let him come back when he's 100%. But they're 0-2, so they can't really afford to do that because if they go 0-4 or 0-5, then it really doesn't matter if Burrow's healthy or not. They're likely going to miss the playoffs either way. So all that is to say that the team clearly needs them. Their backup right now is Jake Browning. Not a lot of confidence in Jake Browning running that offense. And the Patriots went out. What a dirty move. They go out. They swipe the third stringer, Will Greer, off the Bengals practice squad this week. So they didn't even have a third quarterback since he had to go out. They signed Reed Sinnott, who has a history with the team. And that's just in case Burrow can't go. And I've kept him out of my rankings all week because I don't think that he is going to play in that Monday nighter. So you're going to see Browning near the bottom of the quarterback list. And you're going to see guys like... Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they're a lot further down than usual. Chase, more of a wide receiver two. Higgins, more in that wide receiver three range. But this is one that we're going to have to track into the weekend. And hopefully we do get some word from one of the national reporters as to whether Burrow is going to be active or not. And we have that all figured out by Sunday when we're setting our rosters before those games. I would plan for him to be out. And then if he does play... I do think that there is a pretty serious risk of another aggravation. So you'd really be playing with fire if you throw them out there in your lineup this week. It's not something that I'd be doing. The rest of the quarterback injuries here are pretty cut and dry. We've got Anthony Richardson. He's still in concussion protocol. He didn't practice this week, and the Colts, they're going to roll with Gardner Minshew. That's the benefit of having that veteran backup that knows the system well. And I really wouldn't want to play Minshew in fantasy unless you're talking about a two-quarterback or a super flex league. But as we saw last week, I mean, there's enough talent around Minshew, and he is comfortable enough out there that he can keep those guys producing. So that's at least good for Michael Pittman. I would start him with confidence. And Zach Moss is a bit of a tougher sell this week because he's going against the Ravens and the Colts are also going to be without center Ryan Kelly and you have guard Quentin Nelson. He's questionable in this game. So Moss is still a volume based low end RB2 
anytime a guy's handling that much work in a backfield, you have to consider him for fantasy. And I think you probably do have to start him depending on your options. And then fortunately, it does seem like Richardson should be back for week four. So use this window, try to get out there and acquire him. Once he's back and he's lighting it up, his manager is not going to move him at that point. And then another rookie who's going to miss this week and might actually miss a couple weeks. That's Bryce Young on the Panthers. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Frank Wright came out. He said they're going to go with Andy Dalton against the Seahawks. And I wonder if this is all the injury or if it's the injury mixed with maybe the coaching staff just wanting Young to take a bit of a step back, maybe reassess things a little bit. We've seen this with some other young quarterbacks, and I think it can be helpful at times if you know they get a taste of the speed of the NFL game. Maybe they struggle a little bit. Then they sit out for a game or two. They regroup. And then they come back with a better outlook and a better approach. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the injury. But either way, Young's going to be out. The passing projections, they're not changing that much with Dalton in there. It still isn't great, but Dalton's a capable backup. And Adam Thielen, he's still a flex option. Jonathan Mingo, he's a dart throw. And Mingo's time, it's coming. I mean, he's playing all the snaps. He's earning targets. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but Mingo's going to start producing at some point during his rookie season. And that's why I put him in start, sit, stash, quit this week as a stash, somebody that you get on your bench and you'll wait for that breakout to happen. And then while we're on the Panthers, let's jump over to running backs. And I'll just mention quick that Miles Sanders, he's off the injury report heading into week three. He was dealing with a pec injury that had him limited early in the week, but he was a full go in practice on Friday and he set up fairly well against the Seahawks for this one. I mean, Seattle's given up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs through two games. Dalton could check down a little bit more. So I like Sanders as a low-end RB2 in this game. Uh, Lots of other backs that we could talk about. Austin Eckler still isn't practicing due to that ankle injury. He's already been ruled out for week four, and that makes Josh Kelly a strong RB2 in a much better matchup this week. I know he might have let you down last week going against that Titans run defense. They got the best of them, and the Chargers game plan, really, it turned out to just be limit the run, throw a whole bunch against that Tennessee secondary. And that was smart, but the Vikings are a softer front. They just got destroyed by DeAndre Swift. So Kelly, a nice RB2 for fantasy this week. And then another injury that's carrying over from last week, only this one maybe has a little more optimism. Aaron Jones on the Packers. He missed that game last week with the hamstring injury, but he got back to practice on Thursday and Friday. He's listed as questionable. And he seems to be trending in the right direction to play. So I'm likely going to move him back in the rankings around RB15 or so. There is a risk of re-injury here. You got to remember that with the soft tissue stuff. And the matchup isn't great either, but Jones would be a fantasy RB2 if he plays. And AJ Dillon would fall back into the flex territory at that point. And even if Jones is out, Dylan would still really only be an RB3 flex because of the matchup and because of what we've seen from him so far this year. It really hasn't been fantastic out of Dylan. Uh, we talked about this one already during the week, but regardless of whatever Dan Campbell keeps telling us, David Montgomery was never going to play in week three. He hasn't practiced after suffering that quad injury. And according to Montgomery, this is going to be a few weeks before he can get back out there. He's listed as doubtful now. Doubtful guys almost never suit up anymore. So Jameer Gibbs is going to get a few more touches. He's still going to be used in a similar way that he has been. And then we're going to see Craig Reynolds work in as the power option, more in that Montgomery style role. Just not quite as much work as Monty's been getting. And that's why I'm kind of shocked that Craig Reynolds is still available in 98% of leagues. That's at least what it was this morning when I checked. And I am just stunned by that. He could genuinely give you RB3 flex numbers for however long Montgomery misses. So 
I had him as a stash and start, sit, stash, quit today. I honestly think you could use him in a pinch this week if you need to. Maybe you're a Nick Chubb manager. Maybe there wasn't a lot on the waiver wire. Reynolds could be that guy in your lineup, and he's not going to give you Nick Chubb numbers. He's not even going to give you Montgomery numbers, but he could still be that RB3 flex for you. And maybe, maybe they give some touches to Zonovan Knight, but Reynolds knows the offense. He flashed a bit last year, so he's a guy that I think you should be picking up if he's still out there, and apparently he's out there in almost every league. Some more positive news, or at least so it seems, Derrick Henry, he missed some practice early in the week due to a toe injury. He was limited on Wednesday, DNP on Thursday, and then back out there full on Friday. So it seems like they're just managing his reps a bit during the week. Nothing new there. Toe injury, certainly not ideal. Might lead to some more touches for Tajay Spears, but unless we hear something surprising, I would expect Henry to play, you know, tough matchup versus the Browns for this one. So Henry more of a low-end RB1 And Spears is a flex option and a guy with just massive potential if Henry does miss time. Isaiah Pacheco on the Chiefs. He missed practice Wednesday with a hamstring issue, but he's been back the last two days. He's now listed as questionable, and I would expect him to be active. I would expect him to start on Sunday in what looks like a great matchup against a Bears team that, what is going on in Chicago? I don't really want to go over it all right now, but it's a team in complete turmoil. Even before that, though, the Bears were getting carved up by the run, and 12.5-point favorites, the Chiefs should be able to run all over Chicago. So fire up Pacheco as a strong RB2, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be a sneaky dart throw if you're really, really desperate, because Casey could get up big in this one. Maybe they want to rest Pacheco's hamstring. Maybe CH gets a little more work in that game. Brees Hall, he's been limited in practice for the Jets. It's the usual story for him. They go light on him during the week, and sadly, they've also been going light on him in games too. I don't think he's very happy about that, but Hall's going to be active against the Patriots. You know, just hard to trust him as anything more than an RB3 for fantasy, and you hope that he can break one of those long runs like he did in week one. Some changes in the Saints' backfield that we should go over again. Jamal Williams, he didn't practice this week due to that hamstring injury. He's going to be out. And Alvin Kamara, he's still suspended for one more game. So we're going to get a pretty good look here at the rookie, Kendra Miller, who was a full go in practice this week. He should get the start. And Miller might be the long-term answer at running back for the Saints. I'm talking next year when Alvin Kamara potentially is gone. This could be Miller's backfield. And we'll see if he can do well enough in this audition to maybe keep Jamal Williams out of the picture even after Williams is healthy and Kamara's back. So I'm excited for Miller this week. He's an RB3 flex with some upside against the Packers. Tony Jones is going to back him up. And Taysom Hill's likely going to steal some touches as well. Taysom is in the tight end streamer conversation this week for sure. I can't deny that. He's a guy that you could look to. In the Eagles' backfield, Philly, that's a Monday game. Kenny Gainwell, back to limited practice on Thursday. He was full on Friday, and that's after missing last week with the rib issue. So it's a good shot for him to be active in this game. And that's going to complicate things for DeAndre Swift a little bit because I would expect that Gainwell is going to get some touches and be involved. But Swift is the lead back in Philly until further notice. They can't put that back in the box. And Nick Sirianni, he said just as much. He said they're going to ride the hot hand. And right now, Swift has the hot hand. So he's an RB2 in what's going to be a a fairly tough matchup. And then Gainwell, just a risky flex coming off the injury. Boston Scott there, he's not practicing. He's in concussion protocol. We might see him sit this game out. So could see Rashad Penny active. But like last week, unless there's an injury to one of those top two guys, I don't think Penny's going to get very much work. 
Justice Hill and the Ravens, he's sitting this one out. We knew that already. He's dealing with the toe injury, which is why they brought back Kenyon Drake. So Gus Edwards, he's going to have the lead role. He'll be an RB3 with some TD upside. And then we'll get a, a little bit of Melvin Gordon and a little bit of Drake backing him up. I wouldn't be chasing either of those guys, though. I mean, not unless we see Edwards get hurt this week. Salvin Ahmed on the Dolphins, he's doubtful with a groin injury. And Jeff Wilson's still on IR, so that could open the door for the rookie, Devon A-Chain, to get some snaps behind Raheem Mostert. And Mostert, a very strong RB1 play. And if you want to read more about that, I'm not going to go over it here, but you can check out Start, Sit, Stash, Quit. A little bit of a spoiler, he might be featured in that column. Uh, last two running backs that I want to talk about, Cordero Patterson. He might make his season debut in week three. He's been dealing with that thigh issue. You just worry a little bit that Arthur Smith is going to do something silly here and maybe he'll let Patterson steal some touches from one of the stars in this offense. And aside from Bijan, we're already worried about what some of these other guys like Kyle Pitts or what Drake London are getting. So do you have another guy out there that is going to take, even if it's only a couple touches, maybe a couple targets, that could cause problems for some of these other guys. I don't think it's going to be an issue for Bijan Robinson, but you never know. I'm going to be watching to see how it plays out if he does play this week. Not somebody that you need to worry about rostering for fantasy, though, unless you're in a super, super deep league. And then the last thing that I'm going to mention with running backs, Kevin O'Connell, he said that Cam Akers probably won't play this week, not because of an injury, but just because he got there late in the week after the trade and doesn't make sense to rush him out there. So Alexander Madison is going to have his chance to prove himself in what's going to be an easier matchup finally. And for what it's worth, O'Connell did say that Madison remains the lead back, but we know that could change at any moment. So that really doesn't matter that much that he's saying it right now. Still nice to hear that they believe in Madison and that Madison is going to get this shot without Cam Akers to prove himself. And I think he's going to come through for us this week. On to receivers. This is always the longest position to go over for these injury shows. Amunra St. Brown, he's questionable with a toe injury. He played through it last week, slowly ramped up his practice participation this week, and eventually got in a full session on Friday. So all indications are that he's going to play through it. And the injury analysts that I saw, at least they're suggesting it's likely minor at the moment, that he should be okay to produce at close to 100% of his usual numbers. But a toe injury for a receiver, I hate to see that. So could get worse if he tweaks it. That's the concern that I do have, and it adds some risk to his outlook. I still have him as a wide receiver one in my rankings, though. It is worth noting, too, that the Lions' number two wide out and a guy that I've talked about a bunch, Josh Reynolds, he was limited, limited, and then a full practice on Friday due to a groin injury. I'm still starting Reynolds as an upside wide receiver three flex, but just want to put that on your radar. Puka Nakua's next here, and imagine that you told me back in the summer that I'd be talking about Nakua this high on the injured receivers list. I mean, I would have assumed that something really, really terrible must have happened for him to bump up that far, but no, he deserves to be up here, and I only mention him because he sat out practice on Thursday. That was the Rams' first practice of the week. They're another Monday night team for this one, and he's still playing through this oblique issue. It didn't slow him down last week. I don't expect it to be a problem this week either. He's locked in as a top 10 fantasy play until Cooper Cup returns. Jalen Waddle on the Dolphins. He's in concussion protocol. Didn't practice early in the week. Got back to limited on Friday. We should know more on Saturday about whether he's going to get cleared or not. 
The limited designation on Friday, though, it at least gives him a chance to get cleared. If he was out on Friday, then I would just be removing him completely from everything. But right now, it's possible that he could suit up this week still. This is Miami, though, so you wonder, are they going to err on the side of caution after all the Tua stuff with concussions? I don't know. That's pure speculation. But I'd be ready for Waddle to sit this week. And I would just let yourself be pleasantly surprised if he is cleared and if he does suit up. And if he's out there, he's going to be a high-end wide receiver, too. If he misses, then Tyreek Hill gets a small bump. You can't really push Tyreek up much further. And you could look to Durham Smythe as a tight end streamer or in really deep leagues to the receivers like Braxton Berrios or River Craycraft. Those aren't names that you want to go with. Those are more desperation options and like extreme desperation options. Jacoby Myers, he got back to a full practice and he's going to return this week after missing one game with a concussion. Don't forget how good he was in that opener. I mean, nine for 81 and two touchdowns. He is right back in the wide receiver three mix and really with some upside. Wouldn't shock me if he finished as a wide receiver too. Devonta Smith, he was limited in the first two practices of the week with hamstring and thigh issues. I'd still expect him to be fine for Monday, but we'll keep an eye on it. He'll be a low-end wide receiver one slash high-end wide receiver two. He'll be in that range. Not sure about his teammate Quez Watkins, though, because he missed two practices with a hamstring issue. I'm guessing that he's going to be sidelined. DK Metcalf, he's dealing with a rib problem, and that knocked him out of last week's game briefly. He did return, though. Eventually, he got back to practice this week. He's going to play. That's what the team's saying. That's what Pete Carroll's saying. So you can keep him right in his usual spot in that wide receiver two zone for fantasy. Amari Cooper, he's been playing through groin and shoulder problems. He's off the injury report for week three. So he's in the wide receiver two mix. Nice to see him a little healthier. DeAndre Hopkins, he's going in the wrong direction. He was full on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, and then didn't practice on Friday. And that's related to the ankle issue that he suffered two weeks ago. Remember, he didn't practice at all last week. Still suited up in the game. He was limited, though, and his effectiveness wasn't really there either. So based on not practicing last week and still playing, I guess that he's going to suit up for this one. But between the injury and between the matchup with the Browns, I would send Hopkins to your bench if you can. I mentioned this on yesterday's mailbag show, but I initially had put Christian Watson in my rankings this week. Because even though he missed last Sunday's game, he had practiced in a limited fashion on Friday last week. So I took that as a sign that he was getting close to a return and that we'd get him back at practice this week and then get him out there for the game. Well, this week he started it limited Wednesday, but then went down to DNP on Thursday, came back to limited on Friday. So they're listing him as questionable. I would be surprised if he plays now. I feel like they're going to want to get a full week of practice out of him before tossing him back out there. But you never know. And as it stands, the matchup right now is tough with the Saints. So I would consider Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs as more flex plays for this one. And then if they do find the end zone, you get lucky and they'll bump up a little bit. But Watson, if he does play... I would be cautious in this first game back. Once again, soft tissue injury could have an aggravation. He would just be a flex also because of that matchup. The Jaguars, they ruled out Zay Jones due to a knee injury and the Texans are down their top corner and their nickel corner. So big day coming for Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. They're going to get a bump in my next rankings update. Brandon Cooks on the Cowboys. He got back to a couple full practices and he wasn't given an injury designation. So he's going to be back for a nice matchup with the Cardinals. You could use him as a wide receiver three flex option. 
Odell Beckham Jr., he was ruled out with his ankle injury. So the handful of targets that he was getting in that Ravens offense, they're going to be spread out. And at least Baltimore now has like a legitimate receiving core that they can lean on. They got a guy like Nelson Aguilar as their wide receiver for. He can step right in. So Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and Aguilar, they're going to make up the three wide sets. And Flowers is a wide receiver three with upside. Aguilar and Bateman, they're more flex plays, but the matchup is good going against the Colts. The Colts secondary, they've been basically non-existent this year. Going a little deeper, Kadarius Tony, he was DNP, DNP, and then limited in his three practices this week. He's questionable. I wouldn't be playing him anyway. He's just a stash. And then his teammate, Richie James, he was ruled out, but there's so many hands in that receiving room right now that they're going to keep spreading that ball around. I'm not trusting any of the KC wideouts in my lineup. Uh, Devontae Parker on the Patriots, Darno Mooney on the Bears. They're both good to go this week. They're both flex plays at best. And then Curtis Samuel on the Commanders. He missed Friday practice due to an illness. He'll probably play. Normally guys are healthy by the time Sunday rolls around, but just something to monitor there. Over to tight ends. And we can stick with the Commanders, Samuel's teammate here, Logan Thomas. He's out this week after suffering a concussion. And Cole Turner and John Bates, they're going to step in for him. I wouldn't trust either in my lineup unless you're really desperate, but Turner's a guy who I think could do a pretty good Thomas impression if they give him the chance. Bates is more of a blocker, but he does catch some passes sometimes. Uh, Dawson Knox, he missed practice early in the week with a back issue, but he was full on Friday, so he's going to be active. And the fact that he missed some of the prep time, maybe that's another chance for Dalton Kincaid to get more work. I still expect that Kincaid breakout is coming. I just don't know if it's going to be this week because the commanders are pretty decent against tight ends. And then some guys that you aren't starting, but I'll mention them anyway. Irv Smith on the Bengals, he was limited with a hamstring issue. He should play this week, but it might come down to Saturday practice on that one. Once again, the Bengals are a Monday game. Irv Smith, not somebody that you're going to throw in your lineup at all. I'm just saying it because it is impacting my projections this week. And then Will Disley on the Seahawks. He's unlikely to go this week. He hurt his shoulder. He's probably going to miss some time. Pete Carroll did say that he doesn't expect him to have to go on IR. So you always leave it to Pete to mention the positives. And that's all for today's show. So don't forget to check out Start, Sit, Stash, Quit. That went up on Friday morning. I'll be back Sunday morning with the rankings update. I'll do the takeover, the scores main account on Twitter, X. That's always at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. So be on the lookout for me asking for questions Sunday morning. I'll tweet something out like I always do. But until then, big thanks for helping us set our biggest week ever on the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. Big thanks for all the questions that we get every week for the mailbag show, for the Sunday morning takeovers. Big thanks for all of it. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.